Welcome, podcast listeners, to Roll Radio, where each week we listen in as aspiring adventurers play the world's greatest role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons. Join us as we travel to far-off Faerun, where we discover the Sword Coast in turmoil and in desperate need of heroes. Last time on Roll Radio... Our heroes were ready to rid themselves of the evil night hag Gertrude and finally leave her horrible and spooky abode. But the treacherous hag was a powerful magic user and she also had lots of ghouls on her side. Ghouls that soon paralyzed Jake and Cullen. And to make things even more difficult, the night hag kept disappearing. With our beloved gnome nearly dead, the party huddled up and awaited the final battle in the wretched mansion. Plans were made to not die, tax documents were not found, aesthetically cool ravens did some not cool things. With hideous infernal incantations spilling from her foul mouth, Gertrude reanimated three more ghouls. But our cleric prayed for his deity to assist him and called forth his spirit guardians to counteract the evil that was surrounding them. And that's exactly what they did. Gertrude was soon on the ropes, and without her filthy long-tongued minions, she was overpowered by our gallant heroes and was cut down by our glaive-wielding boss killer. The rest stop gone wrong wasn't over yet. The night hag was dead, and without her magic to sustain it, well, the old mansion began collapsing. A mad dash to escape ensued. But our clever gnome had one more trick up her sleeve, and our battered heroes enjoyed a real treat, watching the spooky mansion crumble to dust inside of Esmir's extra-dimensional clubhouse. But where is the curtain? Did that creepy doll survive the collapse? What is the difference between a night hag and a day hag? No one ever answered that. Is there really a soap opera called Guiding Bolt? And should they really name a move the Clementine move? I mean, that's sort of sadistic. Aren't they supposed to be heroes? But who knows? Let's find out in this episode of Scourge of the Sword Coast! Safely inside the extra-dimensional space of Esmir's rope trick, you guys look down and watch the haunted mansion collapse and crumble to ruin. And as the dust and debris settles, uh, you notice the storm is passing. The wind is dying down and the rain slows to a drizzle. And as you survey the rubble below you, you begin to surmise that this mansion most likely would have collapsed long ago, right? But instead, uh, Gertrude's uh, powerful magic was holding this structure together. Together, right. Like Gertrude Vision. It was Gertrude Vision. (laughs) And as soon as it was busted, it collapsed into a pile of rubble. 
Right. And you also get the feeling that Gertrude has probably been here a long time, because you recall that uh, Sir Istival mentioned that Ulevin had a run-in with a black dragon decades ago. Mm, and yes. the writings in the journal that you found mentioned a black dragon uh, being a concern that General Montharthas seemed to be uh, ignoring, thanks to Gertrude. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Right, right, right. All right, so you guys have survived the night of the haunted mansion, and uh, you see that the horizon is beginning to lighten as a new day dawns. So you make your way back down the rope and onto the rubble, and around you, you hear the chirping of birds, and behind you, you hear the whinny of your horses. Ah, long face. Bucephalus. I go up to Bucephalus. Say, easy, boy, big boy. It's over. <laughs> the storm is over and we shall proceed. Yeah. Hey, clippity-clop. How's it going? And then clippity-clop is apprehensive. I'm like, it's me, clippity. I know. I'm not the same. It's like I've aged. <laughs> Forty fucking years! <laughs> <laughs> How do you guys, do I look older? Do I have any wrinkles or anything? You do. What's going on? Yeah, I was, uh, I was wondering how, how that's going to be resolved, if there can be resolved. Yeah, how do I feel? Like, can I roll something now, like, to think about it? Like, Arcana or something like that? Yeah, roll an Arcana check. 20. Ooh, 21. 21. She's gifted. Nice. Okay, so you uh, think about it. And you recall that this uh, aging caused by the horrifying visage of a ghost uh, can only be reversed with a greater restoration spell. Hmm. But it has to be reversed within 24 hours. Otherwise, the aging becomes permanent. Hmm. Who do we know who has access to greater restoration spells? Jake, dude, do you have a greater restoration spell? The cleric. Look through your scrolls. Greater restoration. I must have a greater restoration, but let's see. Gotta look through your bag, man. Check it out. Um, well, unfortunately, greater restoration cool. is a level five spell. I don't have it. Yeah. Oh I, my I, god. I only have level three spells, so I can. I have a lesser restoration, but not greater. We're way too far away from anybody that would have access to that spell. Unless I can get level five spells in twenty-four hours. Okay, so well, let's go to Ulevin. I'm gonna ask around. Yeah, but isn't Ulevin a ruin? That's what I'm thinking. It's a ruin. I don't think we're gonna find anybody there, but let's go there. Yeah. Yeah. The real question is, there's nowhere else. For, there's nobody within 25 mile, 24 hour ride of where we are now. Otherwise, I would, you know, just grab her, jump on my horse, and take off. But Unless we think in Succumber, there might be a cleric of sufficient level. But we're right next to Ulevin, so why not try it? We don't know if it's a ruin. All right. It's a city. I mean, it's a it's as big as Succumber is. But I, I thought when the dragon came, it was, you know... It might have been. You might be right. I'm not sure. Well, you recall that the um, bard... Damron, remember him, you, who you met in Succumber? He told you that he traveled through Ulevin and that it was a ghost town. 
Okay, got you. I think our best bet is at Firehammer Hold because Secumber was just some little hick town. It didn't have, I don't think it would have a high enough level cleric, but I think the dwarves at Firehammer Hold might. Gotcha. So how far I, I is Firehammer Hold? Chance. How long would it take to get there? Well, if you don't stop for too long, you could probably make it there by nightfall. Maybe we could press on. I mean, Firehammer Hold is a fortress. I don't think that there's anything there. It's not like a town, right? I think that there's dwarves there. You never know. If the dwarves are home, one of them might be a sufficiently high enough cleric to be able to hook us up. Okay. Okay. I say we press on. But hold on. Well, let me just say this. Once we get to Firehammer Hold, I don't think that we're expecting to find any friendlies that will allow us to sleep. Um, so I would suggest that we... The guy at the tavern told us that he stayed here. Yeah, we, at the hostel. He sent him on his way, but he said he stayed at the, at the hostel and nothing happened. Oh, yeah. Where, at Firehammer Hold? Yeah. Yes, there's a hostel yeah. there. And we could stop in Ulevan anyway and check it out. We got to go through there going. anyway. Yeah. Right. Let's do that. Yep. All right, so do you guys want to take off now or take a short rest first? Because you guys barely escaped with your lives, right? Yeah. Uh, Cullen right. only has six hit points left. Elric only has 10. Jake only has 22. And Esmir only has nine hit points left. All right, well, I burned through everything that I've got practically. And that I is the don't... problem is we never got a long rest. So we never got all of our spell slots back. I never, I don't, I have four hit die. I have no more healing potions. I need to heal up a little bit at six points. Okay, so we're taking a short rest? Yeah. 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 All right, so uh, go ahead and roll hit die if you'd like as you guys settle down in these damp stables to rest up and patch your wounds. So what I want to do is I want to burn my last spell slot on a level three... I could do a mass healing word, which is 1d4 plus four or a prayer of healing at third level does 3d8 plus four. Wow. But the prayer of healing, I think, is only for one person. Oh, up to six creatures of my choice. Pray it up, bro. Start chanting. Here, I'll help you with that censure. How many, how many, how many, how many, how many? So then what I'm going to do is I'm going to control click Cullen. Boink. I think I did that. Control click Elric. Blink. Control click. Esmia! Go click me, bro! <laughs> Can I control click myself? Sure. Well, yeah. Don't be ashamed. Everyone control clicks themselves. Don't worry about it. So then what I'm going to do is I'm going to, everybody, um, I'm going to say Agma's good, Agma's great, and we thank you for this plate of healing. Mmm. Word. And then... Esmir says word. Word. <laughs> 18. Nice. All right. 18 points to everybody. Yeah. Oh, sweet. I might actually be up to full. Jake, you're the best, man. You're the best. That was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. That's fantastic. No. You're a total badass. I was so hurt. I still have a six wound. <laughs> I was so hurt. I still have a 20 wound, but... Uh... After using two hit die and Jake's bless... And I am wound. full. I had 16 down and I'm 18 up. So what are you, where are you at, Cliff? Do you need I, to roll hit die? I'm going to roll a couple of hit die. I have a wound of 20. 
So I'm going to roll a couple of hit die and see what happens. Here's one. Ah, two. Five points back. All right, let me try another one. A little better. Okay, cool. I got a wound of seven. So that's that's acceptable. You get a plus three. Esmir, how are you? I'm good. I'm full. I'm full up now. Okay, so you're uh, healed up. Does anyone want to do anything else or check out any treasure before you continue north? I want to get one of my spell slots back for the short rest. Okay, so with your arcane recovery, you can get uh, two level one slots back or one level two slot. Um, I'll take one level two back. Okay, anything else? I want to do one more thing, guys. Sure. Um, I'm going to open my backpack and I'm going to say, load stone and creepy stuff. And then uh, I'm going to pull out the bowl with my blood. Oh, uh, yeah. And I'm going to float the lodestone in my blood again. Okay. Oh, that's getting a little ripe. Okay, and what does that do to you? Remember, we put the lodestone in the, bl- in the blood to see where it points. Yeah. And it pointed towards this way. And I went, but we were so far away that we weren't sure if it was pointing towards Firehamel Hold or Ulevin or what it was doing. Gotcha. So your compass basically is a stone in a pool of blood, and that's what we're following. We're doing experiments. We're experimenting. All right, so you uh, float the lodestone in your blood, and it starts to spin around. And it quickly settles and points directly west. Interesting. So that would be Firehammer Hold. Well, from where you are, which is near Ulevin, Firehammer Hold is northwest of you, and the lodestone is pointing directly west. Right. Into the the Forlorn Hills. Into the Forlorn Hills in the one part of the map that we cannot see. The the, the blocky section with big gray blocks on it? Yes, that one. Yes. I thought that might be the case. If I had a beard, I would be rubbing (laughs) my fingers through it right now going, hmm... That's what Jake is doing. But since I don't, I'm just going to look weird. (laughs) Okay, hold on, guys. One more thing. Sorry. Uh, Esmir wants to check out the gem that we found on Gertrude, because being a gnome, she finds gems fascinating. Hmm. She knows a lot about them. So I want to check the gem out and see if there's anything else I can learn about it. Okay. Well... Uh, in the mansion, you did an arcana check on the black gem, and you discovered that it did have magical properties, right? So uh, now that things have calmed down, why don't you make a history check to see if you can recall anything more about hags uh, to see if there's a connection. And any of you guys can make this check if you'd like. We'll try. I might as well. I got a plus six. I know a thing or two. Just a thing or two. I rolled an 11. Ooh, a 16. 18. 18. Nice. All right. Cullen, you happen to recall something about hags that you uh, read or maybe heard in an old uh, wives' tale somewhere, and I whispered it to you. Um, you know what? I feel like I've heard some stories about hags using something to allow them to travel to the ethereal plane. Mm. Using gems like these. Hmm. Hmm. Could come in handy. Well, it also means that she's dead because she would have it with her if she had traveled on. Okay. Do I, That's do you think, an inference, but... 
Yeah. And now that you think about it, uh, it reminds you of what she was doing during your fight with her. She kept disappearing and reappearing. Right. Yeah. yeah. And she we guessed at the time that it wasn't invisibility, that it was something else. Right. Right. So is that something that Esmir could possibly use? Maybe, but you'll still need to spend a full hour with it to discover how it works. Let me see that, kid. Let me see it. Here. Can I have it? Yes. Just because I know a thing or two about it doesn't mean that I want it. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I'm going to play disappeary tricks on you guys. It's going to be fun. <laughs> well, then maybe I'll hold on to this. You know what? <laughs> I like me privacy. You're supposed to be a team player. Where's my pipe weed? Where's You're... my twinkling pipe weed? I don't know. It could be in the ethereal plane, but how would you know? The next time... <laughs> The next time I spark some up, I'll be glad to share it. Because I am a team player, you see. Oh, okay. Okay. Hi. I watched your team play your way out of the room back there during the fight. The what? Are you? Wait a minute. I'm sorry. I fight from afar. Don't give me any. I do. I'm sorry. But Jake, Jake is a distance we i everything and is you carry distance. that mace there just in case you need to crack some chestnuts um yeah exactly but i could also do toll the dead from 30 mm. feet and drop a freaking bell on somebody's head doing 2d12 necrotic or smack somebody and do 1d6 with a <laughs> fucking club i understand Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't need to explain myself to you. Take, a, hey, take some swigs of your Jake juice, bro. I'm just Chill. saying, you're always yelling, get in there. <laughs> That's right, because I'm not getting in there. <laughs> you, get in there. Okay, bad guys, they all know where, where we are now. Just in case you guys weren't sure, we're over here yelling at each other. I'm actually curious to see the ruins of Uluvin. Uluvin! To Uluvin we go! Let's go! To Uluvin! So you leave the crumbled mansion behind and head out. The storm has passed, but gray clouds still loom overhead, and the air is crisp and cool. The night of rain has left everything soaked as your horses slog through puddles of rain and mud and you quickly realize that you did not venture far from the Iron Road, and soon you are once again traveling north. And as you're traveling along, uh, you guys think about the strange events of last night. And so I'm gonna take this moment to award you guys the experience points from that whole encounter. I hope that was quite a bit. It was quite a bit. Uh, the total XP uh, was 13,900. Wow. Yeah, which comes out to uh, 3,475 each. Oh, wow. Nice. Oh, wow, nice. Cool. It's a mighty chunk. That is a mighty chunk. And I should go up a level seeing that I aged 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> think, right? <laughs> and for surviving such a spooky night uh, and vanquishing an evil that was 
plaguing the Western heartlands, uh, you're all feeling quite uh, inspired. So go ahead and give yourselves uh, an inspiration point. Ah, thanks, DM. All right, so you continue along the wet road, traveling north, and according to your map, you should be in Ulevin. But you don't see anything resembling a town. And as you look around amidst the trees and the grasses, uh, you begin to see the stone foundations of buildings and homes that have crumbled and rotted away long ago. And the further you travel, uh, the buildings and homes become less and less dilapidated. The foundations now begin to support structures, though most of them are missing roofs and windows and doors. It feels like you're witnessing the slow shrinking of Ulevin over the centuries. And then you arrive in what has to be the center of Ulevin. Before you is a circular cobblestone path overgrown with weeds and grass. In the center of it stands a stone fountain filled to the brim with fresh rainwater. Around it are buildings and shops. They all look abandoned. Many of them are boarded up, and all of them look like they haven't had occupants in years. Mm. And then a chill comes over you as a cool wind blows through the empty town. And the eerie silence is then broken by the squeak of a hanging sign. You turn and look and see a building that is in better shape than all the rest. The squeaking sign reads, Barthens Inn and Provisions. Ah. Guys, a gift shop. Oh. <laughs> I want a snow globe. There's always one of these tourist destinations. Let's go. Okay, I'm going to ready a firebolt, and I'm going to... No, it's a store. I'm... Don't put that thing away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you guys approach the shop, and as you get closer, you see that a sign has been nailed to the door, and it reads, Closed. Relocating to Fandolin. No people, no business, no money, no reason to stay. Good luck. All right. Okay, really? so is the door locked? Is there anything in there? Well, you look through the dirty front window and you see several sets of tables and chairs on one side of the room and about half a dozen empty racks and shelves on the other side. All of them are empty and covered in dust and cobwebs. And it's locked. The door is locked, yes. I just heard something fall over inside. What? He's got the passive perception. He's smart that way. I hear, I heard a noise from the inside like something fell over, you see. Okay, Let's so investigate. Is there a back door? Probably. You want to go around back and check? Yes, I'm going around the back. Esmia, stop yelling! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm going to follow Esmir so she doesn't go alone. Okay, so you make your way around the back, and there is a back door. I'm going to go knock on the door. What? Hey, sneaky person who's hiding! What the hell are you doing? (laughs) Open the door! Oh, God damn it. I'm impatient. You don't got time to mess around sneaking around. I need to get my life back. (laughs) Cranky. (laughs) I spent a whole couple weeks in a stupid mansion with creepy stuff. The 
took 40 years away from me. Now you're hiding behind shelves in a store that's closed. It's bullcrap. <laughs> and as you yell that out, uh, you hear something fall over on the other side of the door. Oh, and then you hear a deep grunt. Like an animal grunt? Yes. Oh, Jesus. Oh, boy. It's a giant rat. Hey, do you still have your fireball? You told me not to do the fireball. But <laughs> you're not supposed to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Says the knowledge cleric. Yeah. <laughs> what does he know? <laughs> and then something bursts out of the back door. It's a large bear-like creature covered in brown fur, but mixed within its fur are feathers, and the creature's face looks like an owl's face. Here's a picture. Oh, hey, cutie. An owl bear. Yes, you immediately recognize this creature as an owl bear, and you all know that this is one of the most feared predators on all of Faerun. And as it bursts out, it fixes its big black owl eyes onto you, Esmir. And it opens its sharp, serrated beak, and it lets out a ferocious growl. Roll initiative. Hey. Oh, man. Oh, okay. that I've was ill-timed. Nothing. Uh, 20. Natural 20. Six. Uh, why are my initiatives always so I got low? a 20, so 21 for me. I got a 17. And AC got an eight. All right, Elric, uh, you're at the front of the store looking in through the window when suddenly you hear a ferocious growl come from around the corner. What do you do? So I'm going to move and then shoot a firebolt, but I'm going to move five, 10, 15, 20. That's all the further I'm going to move. Control click the owl bear. That puts him 25 feet away from me. That's well within range. And I will shoot a fire bolt at him. Fire boltius. Hit. 22 hits. Nice. The damage. Nine. All right, so Elric, uh, you come around the corner and see an owl bear towering over little Esmir. And you let out a firebolt and it hits, singeing its fur and feathers. And uh, Jake, uh, you were already in the back there when this owl bear burst out. What do you do? I'm gonna drop a bell on its head. Mm. I'm gonna cast Toll the Dead and hope that it um, fails its wisdom save. It's an animal. It's an owl though. It succeeds. And it succeeds. Oh, shit. Smart animal. It rolls a 15 and succeeds, and I stay put. Okay. The owlbear ignores the bell because it's hungry and wants a gnome snack, and it swipes at Esmir with its claws and hits with a 23. Oh, it rolled two ones, so it only does seven points of slashing damage. And then its serrated beak chumps down on Esmir and hits with an 18. 1d10 plus 5 doing seven more points of damage. I'm putting you into heavy. That sucks. Can I use my shield? Sure. Shields up! (laughs) All right, so with that, the beak misses. It slams against your magical shield, and the owlbear shakes its feathery head from the sudden impact. And now it's your turn, Esmir. This large owlbear is towering over you. What are you going to do? Um, 
Esmir feels kind of bad because she thinks he's kind of cute. I think you're kind of cute, buddy, but I'm going to have to shoot a firebolt <laughs> at you anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Singe his feathers. Acey, close your eyes, okay? Pew! Oh, critical hit. Nice. A 20. Wow. Sorry, birdie. Bear guy. Wow. 26 hit points. 26 points. Wow. That's awesome. 26 hit points. I mean. Massive. Whew. That means it's got a lot of hit points, man. Yeah, it does. For sure. At if least 26 50. puts it to moderate. And then can I. I can't. Doesn't. Can I. Run, if I run away, is he going to have an opportunity attack? Yes, it will get an opportunity attack. This sucks, guys. Um, Who do I move as my bonus action? Wheezy? Wheezy, yep. Wheezy's going Wheezy's gonna to come right in front of me. He's protecting me. His eyes are like bugging out of his eyes. Head. Chip, chip, chip. I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now it's uh, your other friend's turn. What's AC gonna do? He's gonna fly. He's gonna fly up right next to it on the side here, trying to distract it. Okay, nice. Esmir's woodland friends rush in to help her, unafraid of the large monstrosity towering over them. Let's go! And back out front, uh, Cullen, you were peering in through the window when you heard something in the back, and then Elric took off running. What do you do? Well, I go running too. Um, let's see. Uh, I can't attack in this turn if I take the dash action. Action. I could dash sixty, but I could run thirty, right? Right. Okay, so five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty. So I'll stop here and throw my axes. Control. Click. Ten. Oh, ten misses. The axe flies past the owlbear through the back door and into the store. Second attack, axe two. Nineteen. Hit. Is it hit? Eight points of damage. Okay, Elric. The owlbear is singed from Esmir's and your firebolt, um, and now it has one of Cullen's axes stuck in it. But the large beast looks unfazed. What are you going to do? I am going to close the distance. He's only 25 feet away from me now. 20 puts me there. I know I'm right next to him. Give him a chin scratch. Well, I'm going to give him the glaive. I hear they love it. Because I got two glaive attacks coming. Uh-oh. So, glaive of sharpness. Ooh, yes. Man, plus six. Jeez, Louise. Damage. Cabbages, too. Ooh, nice. Ten points of damage. That's Put good. Him Put him in heavy. All right. Glaive of Sharpness attack number two. And that one hits. Nice. 17 hits. 17 hits. Oh, oh. just a nick. Four points of damage. But the bonus butt. The butt never lets you down, bro. <laughs> bonus action, the butt end of the glaive. Mm. Butt hits. Damage. Five points of damage. Five points. Not bad. So nice. I just run in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I give him a high cut, give him a low cut, give him a bonus butt. Give him a buzz cut. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. 17 points on your turn. That's fantastic. And that's all I do. 
things. Okay. Fantastic, you see. All right, Jake. Right. Elric has stepped in and engaged the ferocious owlbear that is trying to maul Esmir. What are you going to do? I will try to drop another bell on him, you see. Fail, please. Oh! It succeeds. Oh, succeeded, yeah. He's an owl. He's wise. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Everybody knows this. Well, it's wisdom is only a plus one. It's because it rolled a 16 the first time and even higher this time. So he's a lucky. Yeah, he rolled a he's 17. A lucky owlbear. Yeah, he is. So, again, I stay put and say, damn it, man. Agma, damn it. Agma, damn it. <laughs> and the owlbear is going to continue to try and take down Esmir. That's not nice. First, it swipes with its claws and hits with a... Oh, no. Miss. Misses with a 14. And he yes. misses with a nothing. <laughs> this guy. Misses with a nothing. <laughs> and now it tries to bite Esmir with its beak and hits with a 23. So here we go. Another D10 plus 5 doing 13 Ooh. points of damage. Oh. I'm not having a very good week, guys. I thought he was. This is bullcrap. I, I had a feeling Elric ran up there because he was thinking the owlbear might change his focus. But it looks like he wants a little gnomish snack. I should have just took the uh, the disengage thingy. Well, it's your turn now, Esmir. And you are heavily wounded. You only got seven hit points left. What are you going to do? I'm going to shock and grasp him so that I could disengage. I'm gonna shock and grasp you now. Might sting a little bit. Ooh, hit nice. 22 hits. 22. And gzzk. Nice! Nine points. Whoa, that's a little bit that's now. A chunk. Yeah. It was nice to know you. I gotta go. I curled his toes. Nine points. I'm nice gonna job. Go 5, 10, 15. Hey, Colin. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> I'm going to be right here, right behind your butt, okay? Aye, but I'm not going to be here much longer. You might want to hide behind Jake. Okay. Hey, Jake, He's I'm going to hide He's a distance behind. fighter, so I'm told. <laughs> Jake, I'm going right. to be right behind your dupe on here, okay? <laughs> That's cool. You want me to get in there with my mace? <laughs> you moron. Hey, get in there, boy. <laughs> you moron. I'll go in there with my 1d6. <laughs> Fighting's for the young ones. Let Unbelievable. The guy wants me to fail. He wants to lose a companion. I... <laughs> no, I don't. This is why you failed all of your classes as a child. You are dumb, boy. Get in there. <laughs> all right. Uh, do you want Wheezy to do anything with your bonus action? Bite him. Um, Wheezy. Uh, Wheezy's going to attack him. Okay. Because he's pissed off. I'll bite you, Whoa. you stupid owl. 23. Take that one point, you jerkbag. <laughs> All right, Wheezy gets on a bite, nips at the owlbear's toes. How about Asilius? What's he going to do? If Asilius goes over here, will it give Elric advantage? Uh, no, because he has to be uh, directly across from Elric. Yeah, stupid. He can't do it diagonally. Um, 
or where I could go. Why don't you go back to where you were, and then if Cullen goes straight down, we'll metagame him there. Okay, he'll stay where he is then. <laughs> He's a distance fighter. He can shout from a He's distance. He's a distance exactly. metagamer. Hey, over there. <laughs> I have to stand on the sidelines, you see. <laughs> All right, Cullen, uh, this owlbear, uh, it's teetering from Esmir's shocking grasp. It's not looking so good. What are you going to do? I, I run forward, and I jump over Wheezy. Chip, chip. And I land here, and I say, thank you, Asilius. Keep him bothered in the face area situation. Hoo-hoo. I like the advantage it's given me. And I take my axe, and this time I take it in two hands assuming the bonus strike of the sword, hoping to deal extra damage using the vicious axe two-handedly. This is how you bring down a bugbear with an axe. It's an owlbear. Oh, sorry, those two. <laughs> 15 is a hit. Nice. Oh, Five points of damage. Barely a scratch. You ruffled his feathers, you ruffled. Axe them. number two. Hit. 17 hits. 11 points of damage. Nice. Now let's let's burn the action surge. Action surge. And try to kill him with your lisp. 18 hits. Oh. Exceeds hit points. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You know what your problem is? You can't pick what you are. You're a bear or you're an owl. Don't be both. <laughs> He's a bowel. A bowel. A bowel. <laughs> exactly. All right, so you guys have taken down a majestic owlbear. Ah, uh, yes. I'm going to go get some of his feathers so I can make a nice little hat. And what was he worth, experience-wise? 3,000. <laughs> Each. Just what I need to level up. <laughs> well, that worked out great. The owlbear was worth uh, 700 experience. So that's 175 for each of you. Right. All right, so what do you guys want to do now? What time is it, and how long have we been um, traveling? Well, you left the mansion at sunrise, right? And Eluvin was, wasn't too far from the mansion, so it's probably about mid-morning right now. I mean, we could look at this place, but it looks like it's been pretty much everything's been taken and um, removed. But if you want to inspect it... Yeah, we, we should can, just let's go take through a look and anyway. take a look. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So you head in through the back door, and you immediately notice that it was forced open, right? You see a big claw mark scratch into the door and into the frame, and you see, you know, splintered pieces of the door laying on the floor all around it. Okay. And you enter the back room of this store and see what looks like a kitchen and a storage area, right? And you see that the owlbear was rummaging through here looking for something to eat, probably. And the uh, place is pretty empty. It doesn't look like anything was left behind, but everyone can go ahead and roll a perception check as you uh, look around. Okay. And as you're looking around, uh, you guys see that this place was once uh, both a general store and an inn. Upstairs, you find six small rooms where travelers could rest. And in the main room downstairs, uh, there's a small dining area and like a lounging space near a stone fireplace. 
And on the other half of the main room, there are shelves and racks that once held items for sale, right? But now they're just empty and covered in dust and cobwebs. Huh. But Cullen, you rolled a 22. Aye. So as you were looking around, uh, you opened a pantry in the back room there. Several mice quickly scurry away as you step in. And as you scan the mostly empty shelves, your eye catches a small wooden box tied shut with some twine. And you pick it up and see a note attached to it. And it reads in all caps, use for big spills only. <laughs> huh, interesting. It's a rag of soaking up stuff. Uh, it's a quicker picker-upper. Mm. <laughs> I put it in my pocket and I say, Maybe I'll need this someday. What's in this box? Did you open it? I'm not going to open it. Opening things is what gets you in trouble. Well, you put it in your pocket. I'll open it when needed. When the time is right. For big spills. That's weird. Well, you all have things to, uh, you know, meditate on and discover and uh, attune to. Later, I'll check it out then. Okay. Okay. So other than that, uh, you guys find nothing of value left in this place. Barthen took it all with him. So what do you guys want to do now? I want to find out if there's any way that Esmer can add more hit points to her being before we do anything. Do you, do, Esmer, do you want any of my potions of healing or orphan and sunny? Yes, that would be very nice of you. Okay, well, I'm going to give her a potion of healing and see what happens. Mm. Wow, maximum 10 points. Okay, cool. Good. So you still have a wound of 10. Okay. So do you want to go with that or do you want to rest and roll hit die? I'll roll a hit dice. die. Okay, so everyone's up for a short rest? Sure. I, I'm i not going to roll any hit die, but I will take a short rest. Get my second wind back. Action I rolled surge. two hit die. I got, oh, what did I get? You got seven more hit points back. I think that's okay. I only have three damage right now. Yep, wound of three. Okay. Okay, so while Esmir's healing up, are the rest of you guys doing anything? I'm going to weapon bond. Okay, with your new glaive? Uh, yeah, I'm going to sit down cross-legged on the floor, light some candles, some incense, sit there go, ooh, loo, 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 loo. <laughs> He's doing some Tuvan oh, throat sure, singing. Sure, sure. Bond with my new glaive. <laughs> I am giving Longface an apple. You've got an infinite supply of those apples. I got three left. Oh, finite supply. <laughs> I guess I'll look at this little box. What do I roll? Uh, what do you call arcana? No, you just need to spend your rest examining it. Okay. And so you uh, unwrap the twine and open the small box. And inside you find a few pinches of a fine powdery substance. And so you examine this powder. And <laughs> I rub some on my, I rub some on my teeth like they do on Miami Vice. Oh my God! <laughs> Miami Vice, <laughs> gotta roll up your sleeves. Gotta roll up your jacket sleeves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Put your collar up, your buddy. White, yeah, your white blazer <laughs> sleeves. Hundred percent Bolivian. <laughs> <laughs> so you examine this substance and realize that you can use an action to sprinkle a pinch of it over water, and the dust will absorb 15 cubic feet of it into a pellet the size of a marble. 
And then you can smash the pellet against a hard surface and uh, releasing all the water contained within that marble. And if you uh, use a pinch of this dust on a water elemental, it will have to make a DC 13 constitution saving throw or take 10d6 necrotic damage on a failed save or half on a successful save. Holy crap. Wow. 10d6 necrotic. That's awesome. To a water elemental. Save that for a water elemental. Yeah. Could you clean up a messed up hotel room with that? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you've taken a short rest and you need to make a decision because there's obviously no clerics here in Aluvin. So do you continue to fire hammer hold or turn back and ride hard to succumber? Esmir, the decision as to whether we go on or back is, is firmly in your hands. If you want to go to succumber, let's do it. Because I'm fine with backtracking. We've got all the time in the world. <laughs> it's, it's true. No, I'm sure Jack go. is fine. We'll go forward. All right, we'll go forward. The mission always comes first, guys. You know, it's it's fine. Hi, you're brave for someone of your age. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so you leave the ghost town of Aluvin behind and continue north along the Iron Road. Soon, the road begins to run right alongside the craggy outcroppings of the Forlorn Hills. The road here is littered with rubble from rock slides that have spilled down from the hills above. And at certain points, you even lose sight of the road as it seems to get swallowed up by the hills. But you always find it again around the next massive boulder or barren hill. And at one point, you find yourselves traveling between two hills. And up ahead, you see that the road narrows where a large craggy boulder takes up half the road. Roll perception. Mm, interesting. Not liking the look of this. There may be Tuscan Raiders. <laughs> 14. 15. I rolled an eight. I got an eight. I got a six. Okay. So, Esbeer. This is what you perceive. Whisper. <laughs> guys. <laughs> guys, huddle up. Huddle what up, you, guys. What, do you, what, did you, what, what did he whisper to you? I think I hear people arguing up ahead on the other side of that boulder. Hmm. Perhaps we should sneak up on them and listen. No, I like that idea. We just sneak up on them. Yes, let's sneak Let's be them. sneaky, Uh-oh. guys. That does mean we'll have to move with stealth, Mr. That's Jingle Jangles. <laughs> That's true. Um, I have a problem with stealth. Jake, hold on to your shield. Hold on tight, okay? Don't drop that thing. Okay. Put some tennis balls on it or something. <laughs> <laughs> we have to go back to Ullivan so I can buy a tennis ball, you see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, here's a map. And up at the top, where the road narrows there, is where the boulder is and where Esmir heard the voices. 
You know, when that DM puts a map out, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> exactly. exactly. It's going to be uneventful. And then you guys just walk across and nothing happens. That was the first <laughs> thing I thought of, too. Okay. So what should we do? Should we sneak up there and use perception to listen? Uh, sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you guys dismount and start to slowly make your way to the boulder. And as you get closer, you begin to make out the voices more clearly. Whoever is back there, they're definitely not trying to be quiet, right? And uh, though they're speaking in common, uh, you can immediately tell that they're not humans uh, because their voices are like hoarse and gruff and their speech is really broken and slow. They're not human? What do they sound like? Trolls. Well, you're not sure, <laughs> but um, you can surmise uh, that from the way the uh, voices sound, that they're emanating from a large creature. Uh oh. What are they arguing about? Well, you hear one voice say, So, how long does it take to go to bathroom? And the other voice replies, I don't know how long it takes for a female to go to bathroom. I never even met female before. And then the first voice says, Well, how different can it be? She said she would be right back. And that was like a long time ago. And the other replies, Well, she probably run away because you're so ugly. You scared her with your gross face. What? Nuh-uh. You probably scared her off with all your stupid talking. Can't believe I got stuck with you. Oh yeah? Well, I can't believe I'm stuck with you. And it just goes on and on like this between whoever's behind that boulder. Esmir's uh, gonna, like, she's gonna nudge the guys and then she's gonna do the gesture. I think this guy curled his hair and brushed his teeth. <laughs> they're crazy. Okay. These guys are crazy. Unfortunately, they're blocking our path. So, let's sneak up a well, little. We could hmm? we could move closer. That's what I was going to suggest. So, from this point on, if you want to get closer, you're going to need to roll a stealth check. Stealth? I shall attempt to do it. Stealth, 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 stealth. Come on. Ah, six. And all the pots and pans go clinkety clank. <laughs> or rocks go clickety clack. Yes, as Elric tries to sneak closer to the boulder, he kicks a loose rock and it clickety clacks across the road. And then you hear from behind the boulder, Did you hear that? Maybe the female back. <laughs> and then you hear movement from behind the boulder, and out steps a 15 foot tall two-headed giant. Oh, I had oh, a feeling it was hell. a two-headed thing. Oh my god. Atop their heads hangs a mess of long, stringy hair, and their mouths are full of nasty, crooked teeth with large tusks protruding from their lower jaws. Its body is encrusted in a thick layer of dirt and grime. Around its waist hangs a scraggly and decaying animal skin that's held up by a belt uh, decorated with 
uh, various skulls and bones. In one hand, it holds like a large spiked club, and in the other, a crude looking battle axe. And you all immediately recognize this foul creature as an Etten. Oh, wow. That thing is a uh, ugly ass. What are you Etten at, buddy? <laughs> And as soon as it steps out and sees you guys, a disappointed look comes over both faces. And one head says, Oh, it's not her. It's just puny travelers. I like your skirt with the skull on it. That's real cute. Oh, why, thank you. And the other head scowls and says, Don't talk nice to puny people. And then it turns to you. Hey. Have you punies seen a female of us around? No, I'm sorry. I have not seen a gigantic female of your type. I think we'd remember. I could say that if I do, I will send her your way. My good bi-headed man. (laughs) (laughs) And after you say that, uh, one head smiles at your suggestion. Right? But the other one rolls its eyes. <laughs> Do you want some girl advice? I can give you some. Well, <laughs> you are a very tiny female, and the female we're looking for is even bigger than us. So I don't think your advice would help much. <laughs> I know, I get it, but you know what all girls have in common? What? Extra long bathroom breaks. <laughs> Very good. Really? Yes, it's true. When we, you guys go to the bathroom, they go in there, they do their business, and they get out. Half the time, they don't even wash their hands. On the other hand, us ladies, we got all kinds of stuff. We like to talk, we look at our faces, we do our business, we do some more business. I don't know, we just sit in there and chat and stuff. So maybe they're, maybe they're out there chatting. And Jake's looking down at his hands. <laughs> Anywho, you know what? Can, is We're just going to keep going because I got a spell to go find because I aged 40 years. Funny story. Not funny, but funny story. <laughs> and we got to go. Excuse us. Pardon us. Have a good day. And as you guys begin to move, the head that's been um, uh, calling you guys puny says... Wait, I got idea. Oh, boy. You know what would really impress female? A nice dinner. Yep. And the other head goes, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, a horse dinner with a side of humans and a gnome appetizer. Oh, uh, no, no. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think that's a good idea. Oh, wait a minute. Don't be so hasty now. You know, we're mostly just gristle and bone. Yeah, I'm pretty stringy. <laughs> How do you feel about some owlbear? I got a fresh owlbear right up the road. <laughs> we killed it this morning. Where? How far? The, the little town, Ulevin. Oh, uh, well, why should I go all the way there? when you tasty morsels are right in front of me. Can we use persuasion? <laughs> what are you trying to persuade them to do? Not eat you? Yeah. Okay. Then we taste like, we taste trashy, man. We're terrible. Look at me, I barely got a, I barely got a chicken nugget out of me here, buddy. <laughs> I mean, she's just big enough to get stuck between <laughs> your teeth. 
<laughs> and the horses, they're diseased. Yes, true. <laughs> Joe, can I roll? Sure. Come on, natural 20. Come on. 20! <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> right on. That might have gone from that's never going to work to maybe it worked. <laughs> well, maybe preparing a big meal is too much work, especially if female not return. But even so, this is our canyon, and if you want to pass with your lives, you'll have to pay us. So, what do you have that maybe a female might like? Hmm? Mm. I'm gonna, I'm going to um, pull out my cloak of billowing and say, if you really want to impress her, wear this. I'm gonna throw it around my shoulders and I'm gonna make it billow. Okay. Let's see if uh, let's see if they're impressed by that. Roll a performance check, um, or persuasion if you want. Persuasion and performance are both minus one. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> how about how about survival? Let's see if they- <laughs> <laughs> All right, performance. It is eleven. Dang it! Uh, how am I supposed to use that? It's too small. You can drape it over your your other friend's head. <laughs> and they they turn and look at each other and think about it. Hmm. <laughs> I have this shiny this shiny golden torque. I got it off of a off of a dead goblinoid. He won't be using it anymore. And at the sight of the gold torque, um, both heads raise their eyebrows. Oh. Now that looks nice and shiny. Yeah, hand that over. Ah, well, I, do I look like a fool? You know, you're gonna have to promise to let us pass before I relinquish control. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, roll a persuasion check to see if they go along with that. Ah, uh, yeah, you won't find a greater torque in all of Faerun. <laughs> Still not quite sure what it is, but it's the most excellent one you've ever seen. I rolled a 22. Ooh, nice. Okay, we'll take this shiny gold thing, and you can pass. And and if you see a pretty Etten, tell her we're still waiting for her, okay? Okay. Okay. Let's get, let's get to move on, guys, before this thing starts using its brain a little bit more. Yeah. So let's get our horses. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you guys mount back up and begin to ride past the Etten and into the narrow pass. But I want to like, we're, we're being casual, guys. Everybody's <laughs> being casual. No one's being in any way uh, insulting or in any way threatening towards you, handsome fellows. Fellows. <laughs> <laughs> and as you trot past, uh, one of the heads is um, examining that gold torque, right? But the other head is closely watching you with squinted eyes. Then as we go past them, I say, be seeing ya. (laughs) (laughs) You continue riding north, and after a while, around mid-afternoon, the Iron Road begins to veer away from the forlorn hills. And the further east it goes, the less barren the landscape becomes. 
Soon, you're riding amidst tall grasses and small groves of trees. And you can now see, far, far off to the east, the ancient high forest as it stretches all the way to the eastern horizon. And then, around late afternoon, the road leads you through a patch of forest. And while you're riding along, you check your map and see that you should be near Firehammer Hold. And when you exit the grove, you see ahead of you, right off the road, a statue. And as you get closer, you see that it's a 10-foot-tall statue of a dwarf. The statue sits inside a basin that's filled with rainwater, green with algae. The dwarf has a big smile on its face, and in its right hand, he holds a coin, and its left hand points west towards the forlorn hills. And as you're looking at it, um, you all get a feeling that this statue has some um, religious significance. So you can uh, go ahead and roll a religion check if you'd like. Oh, well, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, Not a my, shot. you know, forte. A 17. I rolled a five. I rolled a 23. A 17. Okay, Esmir, I whispered what you recall. Guys, I remember this. Okay. I recognize this is a statue of Vergadane, the laughing dwarf. Ha ha ha! He's funny. <laughs> the dwarven god of luck, Jake, so you're gonna like him. And uh, He's one of those. And mercantilism. Mercantilism? Yeah. Mercantilism. He likes merchants. Mercantile merchants, guys. And spreads the false word of luck. And a coin is his holy symbol. I like that holy symbol coin business. I'm sure you do. And when you guys hear the name Vergadane, uh, it rings a bell. You guys remember uh, the dwarf smith iron eater back in Daggerford uh, praised Vergadane when you bought your breastplates from him. Oh, okay, so that's interesting. He's like a devotee of uh, Virgadin. And as you're uh, checking out the statue, uh, you notice um, hidden behind some grasses growing around it, a plaque with something written in Dwarvish. Ah, I speak Dwarvish. Ooh. Okay, Elric, here's what it says. Oh, it, it's simple. It just says, go west, build wealth. Ah. And you guys also notice um, that it looks like someone has defaced the statue by nailing a uh, an iron shield to the dwarf's chest. And on the shield is a broken uh, crossbow bolt painted in red. Mm. Really? That doesn't sound good. Orcs, I smell okay. trouble. I look around. Do I hear any rustling in the underbrush? You do not. All is quiet. Just the wind and the birds. And do we recognize the symbol on the shield? Uh, you guys can roll a religion check. Religion. I, oh, I got a seven. I rolled a 21, 15 plus six. Okay, Jake, here's what you recall. Oh, uh, so that symbol is Ledugwa, the grim deity of Durga. Duergar. Duergar. A grim deity? That's just... He's a grim deity of the Duergar. 
So the, uh, is the Duergar um, a race? Who are the Duergar? Roll a history check. Uh, 10 plus 6, so 16. Oh. You see, the Duergar, the Duergar are also known as the Grey Dwarves. They're a subterranean subrace of dwarves that live deep down in the Underdark. Ah, so it's a bitter That's type of dwarf war, like a civil, not a civil war, but a war between the two jerk dwarves. The strains jerk. of dwarves, two different kinds yes. of dwarves, breeds. As in a way, it is like a civil war. Yeah. Is there any significance to the bowl with water in it? Like, is it for offerings or is it for watching your hands or what? And then I take some water and I splash it at him. I think it's for splashing. <laughs> so Elric, you look into the basin mm-hmm. and in the green algae filled water, you see several coins. Okay. Uh, I put a silver piece in the basin. I put a gold piece in. I want uh, extra luck. <laughs> All right, so you two uh, flip coins into the basin. And after a moment, Cullen, you feel a sensation come over you. The same sensation that happens when Jake blesses you. Oh, cool. Hmm, interesting. Do you say this to us? I feeling blessed. You got tingles? Given that... Deity, a gold coin was the best thing I've done all day. <laughs> all week. And you know what? Jake is going to look at him, and Jake is going to sit there, and he's just going <laughs> to kind of close one eye and give it the stink eye. Give him the stink I'm gonna eye. Throw, I'm going to throw a gold coin in there. And Esmir, you also get the same sensation as when Jake blesses you. Oh, guys, I got the tingles. I threw that in there. Fool's game. <laughs> Trickery you was here. <laughs> hey, you don't got no spell slots, bro, so we're gonna throw the coins in the thing. Are we close enough to the road to where we see it branching off, or are we still kind of uh basically how far away are we from Firehammer Hold? Well, according to your map, you should be close. So you uh scan the area and your eye is drawn to where the statue is pointing and you see that it's pointing to the forlorn hills, right? And as you uh, scan the rocky and craggy hillside, you see that atop a 2,000-foot-tall cliff, there seems to be a smooth section within the natural rock face. Hmm. And Jake, as the others are uh, looking at the forlorn hills, you notice something else with your passive perception, and I whispered it to you. Look, over there, a gravel path off the main road. It heads down that way into that forest area south of you, you see. Okay. (laughs) It shows recent traffic of humanoids on foot. (laughs) Let us follow that path. That must be where Firehammer Hold is. Actually, it's the opposite direction. Oh, really? Yeah, so you're on the Iron Road that heads north and south, right? And the Forlorn Hills and Firehammer Hold are to your west. And this uh, this path that Jake found leads east or southeast. So your options are to uh, keep traveling north and find a path west, or turn east and head into a forest that's southeast of you. Oh, well, let's 
follow these. This takes us south. Which direction does this take us again? Southeast. Southeast. So away from Firehammer Hole, not towards it. Yes. If we are in earnest to reach it in time to help Esmeralda, if help can be had there, then we can't be distracted by this detour. I agree. I agree. Our primary goal is to get to Firehammer Hole. I feel like part of me is like, we wouldn't have found that trail unless it meant something. And, and uh, you know, I want to see where it goes. You want to see where this, tro- where this trail goes, where the guy's pointing, right? No, the guy's pointing at Firehammer Hold. The trail... But we don't know that. The gravel trail intrigues me, and I would love to see what's up there. Okay, well, then we can always double back, but... Esmir needs to get to Firehammer Hold. We don't have time to go exploring ah, right now. You're right, you're right. Let's go, let's go. Double time, post haste. Right, can I interject for a minute? Uh-huh. If if Esmir knows that she only has about 12 hours before she could, she won't age anymore, I think that she would be going at full speed to get to wherever she's going. Let us move. Right. What are we doing? Let's get out of here. All right. Hoppa. Yep, yep. Cue the adventurous travel music. Dust rising from the hooves of our beasts as we surge forth down the trail into what unknown destiny we know not. Because it is unknown. Because <laughs> it is unknown. <laughs> <laughs> So we leave our heroes galloping off post-haste double time into the unknown destiny that they know not because it is unknown? Well, anyway, will our heroes find a cure for Esmir's aging? Is there really a magic thing called a quicker picker-upper? What is Miami Vice, and how does it relate to pulling up your sleeves? And what is under that blocky section on the map with the big gray blocks on it. It can't be anything good. But who knows? Tune in next time to find out on Roll Radio! Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Roll Radio. Alright, so the party is uh, on their way to Firehammer Hold. Double time. Which is interesting... Uh, in the fact that uh, that the way that everyone is playing uh, is due to a failed saving throw four or five episodes ago, right? When uh, Esmir was scared and lost the 40 years, it's affecting their decisions. And I love how that's all playing out and how Christine is role-playing a... Um, a stressed out Esmir because of it. It's really great. It's fun to uh, put together. And then the feeling of stress is, of course, amplified by the fact that Ulevin is a ghost town and there's no one there to help them. And then uh, as far as the Eden battle is concerned, I was expecting a fight. I was ready for a fight um, because part of me wanted to give them even more stress before Firehammer Hold. Not because I'm an evil DM, well, maybe sometimes, uh, but 
you know, they rolled really high perception checks, two of them, and they talk their way out of a big fight that would have probably um, quashed any hope of curing Esmir's uh, condition. And that whole scenario was just another example of dice rolls changing the outcome of a situation and moving the story in a different direction. And to me, as the uh, DM, uh, it's why this game is so much fun, right? It really keeps me on my toes. And I hope you're having as much fun listening to this story as I'm having putting it together. Please let us know through comments and reviews on your favorite podcasting platform. And you can always contact us at thoseguysatrollradio.com or on Facebook or Twitter at Real Roll Radio. If you'd like to support us in this adventure, please consider becoming a patron where you can get bonus content that didn't make it into the show and have a chance to win a miniature of our brave heroes. And you can always give a one-time donation by clicking the link at the bottom of the show description. We greatly appreciate any support. Thank you. We are, of course, playing Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition and the Scourge of the Sword Coast module, both by Wizards of the Coast at dnd.wizards.com. All the in-game music and sound effects are from Sirenscape.com because epic games need an epic soundtrack. All right, thanks again for listening, and tune in next time when the players finally, finally, finally reach the Dwarven Hold that we've been talking about since Season 1. <laughs>